Hello my wonderful friends, welcome to Fate FM. Welcome to Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, the South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and if you like to make a comment or have your questions answered, you can text me on 0401-305-077, or you can email us info at faithfm.com.au. Keep in mind that number which I just gave it to you because I have a special offer uh, today which I want to mention it from the beginning just uh, for you to know. It's a wonderful DVD, Revelation, The Bride, The Beast and Babylon. And if you'll send me an SMS, uh, you can have this uh, DVD uh, delivered to your door free of charge and no obligation. Our theme for the week is the ecumenical spirit in a post-biblical world. And our big questions uh, to deal with are, um, was the Protestant protest a mistake? Do all paths lead to heaven? Is the ecumenical spirit the same as a biblical unity? Are there biblical limits on unity in diversity? And what, what is biblical unity? You see, these are quite few uh, important questions to look at, and um, we are going to uh, today to tackle uh, this uh, this question: Was the Protestant protest a mistake? Our co-host today again is Joseph Maticic, and Joseph is the general secretary of the Seventh Day Adventist uh, Church here in South Australia. Joseph, it's good to have you with us again. Thank you for joining us. It's great to be here, Nick. Yeah, looking forward to to our program together today. This week it's a quite uh, heavy one, I yeah, believe. Yes, yes. When I saw what we're covering, and uh, and and as I prepared for today, and um, and seeing the um, the topics that are that you've just shared that are coming up for this coming week, I thought, wow, this is, yeah, some in- interesting, yeah, material here. Um, yeah. But uh, look, I, I think it'll still be uh, really important to look at this. Um, and uh, I trust and pray that we will be able to share it in a, in an understandable, mm-hmm. um, and, and in a, I guess a, a sensitive yet uh, true, uh, a biblically uh, honest way. And I encourage uh, our listeners to um, to share with us if they have some questions, you know, some uh, thoughts, uh, just to write us uh, an SMS, a message. Again, you can always during the the program you can send an SMS on zero four zero one three zero five zero seven seven, or you can go to our website faithfm.com.au or send an email to info at faithfm.com.au. And Joseph, uh, when I looked myself at these uh, questions, I mean. I ask myself, you know, that word mistake, you know, it's always, uh, you know, uh, opens your eyes big, you know. I mean, was the Protestant protest a mistake? Yes, a a very incredible question to ask, Nick. Um, The Protestant protest, um, I guess that that's uh, referring to uh, yeah, events in, in church history are known as the Protestant Reformation. And um, it, Nick, this is a, um, I guess a timely 
opportunity to look at this as we uh, approach um, this time of the year um, mm-hmm. because it was um, uh, at the end of October, uh, way back in 1517, um, that, um, that Martin Luther uh, nailed his 95 theses on the door of the church in as we know, Wittenberg and um, in Germany all those years ago that really uh, created quite a uh, reaction. And we're going to come back to that a little bit later on. Um, but just before yeah, we get to that, um, when we consider this, um, this whole issue of um, the, the, the Protestant uh, protest um, and uh, whether, whether it was a mistake, um, the, the very fact that you're asking that, um, Len, is I'm assuming because um, uh, people are beginning perhaps to question mm-hmm. whether um, the, the Protestantism's protest um, was actually needed. Whether mm-hmm. whether we still mm-hmm. will still need that, uh, you know, w- when we consider uh, this as a bit of an overview, you know, in Christianity, essentially we have. Um, we have Protestantism and we have Catholicism. What do we mean by that? Um, you know, how did we how did we come about that? Um, uh, and and to answer that, we need to have a bit of a, a summary of I guess of, of church history. Um, uh, a really really um, s- simple way to look at this, uh, Nick, is when we look at the last two thousand years, and when we look at the Christian Church. Um, the history of the Christian Church uh, can be summed up in a couple of uh, key words mm-hmm. that represent the key stages. First of it was formed, then it was deformed, then it was reformed. I like that. Um, and um, and in a sense, that is probably even ongoing, um, even and even down to today. But let me let me unpack that a little bit, if you like. Uh, first of all, when we come to um, uh, the start, uh, we find that the the Christian, the early church, as described in the Book of Acts, um, was was formed. Uh, we we read about um, uh, the disciples of Jesus, those early apostles who were who were the apostles. Peter and James and later John and, and others uh, preaching and teaching the message of Jesus, um, people joining, uh, becoming disciples, part of this movement, um, and um, Christianity really launching mm-hmm. and uh, and growing from Jerusalem, spreading throughout Judea uh, and throughout uh, the Roman Empire, and the Christian Church was really birthed and um, and. Um, and spread uh, throughout, um, and so the church, the church was formed. Yes, and um, and 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 the, the book of Acts um, in in the Bible really gives us um, uh, an account of how the the early church really started, how it launched uh, for the first number of years. I want to take us to a, an interesting passage uh, there, actually, in the book of Acts. Uh, that, uh, that that this is this is. What Paul, the Apostle Paul, uh, one of the other early um, Christian uh, leaders, um, uh, the, the great preacher and the church planter, um, he, he wrote this. And uh, I'm reading here from Acts chapter 20, 
and uh, and we're going to take it from, uh, let, let, well, I'll read from verse 27. Paul says here, For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Mm. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Mm. That's a bit of a sad, uh, sad prophecy to say so from Paul. Yeah, yeah. Paul, the the, the you know, Paul's considered one of the greatest Christians ever, um, and uh, really uh, was the one that was really instrumental in um, helping the, the the Christian church spread um, as he went preaching and teaching mm-hmm. from city to city, town to town, setting up churches. Um, and of course, we have a number of his his epistles. And I'll turn to another passage of his. But here he is, you know, he, he's as you said, is prophe- prophesying what's going to take place. Um, that he says after him, um, he, he predicts there that uh, he uses this imagery of savage wolves coming in um, from among, from within the church. He says, from even within your own number, savage wolves will come in and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth. So he's really indicating that from within will come those who are going to lead people astray yeah. away from the truth. Mm. That's the truth of, of 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 God's word. The truth, the truth that was um, the bedrock for which uh, on which the church was established. Yeah, yeah. and uh, for uh, you know we, they declared the early uh, Christians they declared that whatever they preach and teach, it's what they heard and saw. Most of them heard from the mouth of Jesus Himself. Eyewitnesses, eyewitnesses, exactly, and um, to. To predict that, I mean, to say that that after their life, so soon, you know, it's not yes. a long period of time yeah. or like, uh, and we'll talk about the Dark Ages, how, yeah. you know, it's a long period of time. But even in that short period of time, people will, will start to uh, shift to different uh, teachings. That's amazing. Yes, yes, yeah. And so then I want to share one other passage. Uh Again, by by Paul, that he wrote in uh, to the, the church in Thessalonica. This is found in his uh, letter here, Second Thessalonians, the second letter to the Thessalonians, chapter two, and um, and from verse one. Second Thessalonians, chapter two, and from verse one, he says this: concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to Him. We ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Uh, let me just pause there, Nick. So uh, w- what what we find Paul doing here um, is he's, he's writing to uh, the believers, the, those early Christians there, uh, specifically in the city of Thessalonica, and uh, and he's is referring to um, the coming of the Lord Jesus, the 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 promised return of mm. Jesus Christ, mm. the second coming of Jesus, uh, one of the clear 
New Testament teachings, one of the clear uh, doctrines of, of the Bible. And uh, we have spoken about that uh, here on on Drive Time at, at other times. Correct. Uh, the Bible clearly teaches that Jesus is going to come back, come back a second time. It tells us how he's going to come back and tells us, describes to us what's going to happen mm-hmm. when he comes back. The, the thing here is that... Um, Way back then, um, Nick, interesting to notice here, back then, uh, some, some had got the idea in the first century yep. that Jesus had come back. Yeah. And so Paul here is saying to them not to be unsettled or alarmed by this, this, this teaching that had gone out, this idea. Um, and, uh, as if the Lord has come. And so let me pick it up now. Verse three, he goes on. Don't let anyone, Paul says here, deceive you in any way. For that day, that is the, 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 the day of the Lord's return, the, the, the second coming of Jesus Christ. He says that day will not come, uh, until, and here it says, until uh, the rebellion occurs and the man of sin is revealed. Mm. Um, now, if I just pause there, because in other versions it, it says that day will not come until there is a falling away. Right. Until there is a falling away, okay. Um, and then, and and then he goes on here, and and um, I find it here uh, really interesting how he says, um, un- "Until there is a falling away, and the man of sin is revealed, uh, the man doomed to destruction." It says, um, "You know." So Paul, Paul here is is talking about a a falling away that's going to come, Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, so before. Uh, the, uh, the the return of Jesus Christ, uh, he says that there's going to be this falling away. Now, you remember what he said back in, in Acts chapter 20, what he predicted? Yes, that what, uh, what? Uh, Apostle Paul, yeah, talking about the, um, uh, that after him, uh, already uh, there will be the, um, what was the word there? I can't think of. Um, yeah, there, there'll be like you know, ravenous wolves, uh, yes, savage wolves right. that would come um, from within and, uh, and they would... Um, uh, that they would um, come from within, and there would be men that would come from within to, that, that would distort the truth. And so mm-hmm. he, here he talks about here um, uh, that, that this falling away would take place. Now let me read on Second Thessalonians chapter two and verse four. He says he will oppose an, uh, until there's a falling away, and the and the man of sin is revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't get into that today. Uh, but the key that I want us to notice here um, is that um, Paul, the same one who made that prediction in Acts chapter 20, he is referring to a falling away that's going to take place. Uh, and then he goes on um, referring to this man of sin or man of lawlessness. He says he will oppose and exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worship so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Verse 5, don't you remember that when... When I was with you, I used to tell you these things, um, Paul. Paul says. Um, so Paul here is referring to this to this falling falling away. Right. I mean, while you're mentioning this, uh, Joseph, um, we live in the twenty first century. Hmm. Uh, after two thousand years, after these words were uh, spoken, hmm. and um, mentioning, you know, in those passages, the falling away, the falling away happened in, in their time, some of the things, you know, which uh, they, they changed their views. But um, what is this really referring to, Joseph, and, and how this yeah. occur? It refers, Nick, to the, um, the unbiblical teachings that would creep into the church in, in the years to come. Mm. Um, mm. And uh, you, you 
you can see how that took place. Um, well, not too long, not too long after the um, the early church, that early church, um, not too long after that, probably the first hundred or so years, really. Uh, and there were a number of these that, that, that crept in. So let me just share a few here uh, for us. Um, for one, Number one, um, the, the church took possession of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, ordinary individuals weren't able to to search for themselves. Search for themselves. Mm. The church hierarchy, uh, the church leaders, in a sense, became the ones that that took control of it and were the only ones that were teaching it yeah. and and interpreting it. Uh, then the idea of transubstantiation came into the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a really really big word. Um, Can you explain a little yeah. bit? So essentially, it's referring to the um, uh, the. Um, Lord's Supper, yep. the communion service, uh, the idea that the um, that those symbols, uh, the bread and 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 um, the wine, actually becomes the actual body of of Jesus, and the, ac- the actual blood, mm-hmm. uh, and that was an idea that that kind of that crept in, yes, uh, rather than they representing it, and that uh, went all through the ages, yes, up to. This time, in our time, yep. people still believe that that when they uh, take that uh, communion, yep. that represents uh, physically the the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Literally, that's literally, right. Literally, yes. yeah, literally. Yes. Yeah. Even yeah. though Jesus said, "When you take these things in remembrance of me," yeah. you know, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, but that's a big one. Yeah, all right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another um, biblical teaching that crept in is that forgiveness was available only through the the priests. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that went clearly against Scripture, for example, in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 4, uh, where he tells us that we have a, a great high priest, Yes. Uh, where he tells us there at, um, in, in that passage that we can come boldly uh, to the throne of grace, um, that um, if we confess our sins to Jesus, he, Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive us, and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, first, That's First John chapter 1, verse 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even though the Bible clearly teaches that, uh, what had crept into the church is the idea that forgiveness could only come by coming to a priest, conf- confessing to a priest. Um, then, then there's the idea of indulgences. Now, that's another big word. Now, and we're not talking here about indulging as in overeating. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, rather, this, this is the, uh, the, the teaching that came in uh, that uh, where the church was, was promoting to people that if they paid money, they could buy uh, years out of purgatory, mm-hmm. uh, that they could you know, buy uh, years out of um, purgatory, out, out of hell and, and um, and, and this kind of idea that, that that forgiveness essentially became for sale. Yes. Um, yes. And um, and it, it it led to a lot of well, uh, it led to the church gaining a lot of wealth, Nick, mm-hmm. as as people because there are also sinners. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. And uh, and people wanted forgiveness, didn't they? Yes. And uh, and if it could be a Obtained by money, then here came the money, and so people would, you know, um, not knowing other better, yeah. would, would get pour in so much money into the church. Mm. Interesting on that one, uh, Joseph. Can I, probably this is just a little bit um, deviating, but today we hear a lot about prosperity gospel. 
Is that a form of, uh, you know, in a modern way, or a form of, uh, you know, uh, oh. <laughs> paying <laughs> the indulgences? Paying your way out, yeah. Uh, yeah, look, we, 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 I guess, yeah, just, just on that one, Nick, we, we do need to be very careful that um, um, whenever we have the idea of um, uh, saying that um, uh, if you give, um, the Lord will will do this this for you. It's it's kind of like a, a bargain thing. We, yeah, you know what we really need to understand is it's not us giving first because the greatest verse in the Bible tells us, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life." And so. Yeah, yeah, and that one even back then, Joseph, with uh, when this was uh, set up, you know, in the church with the indulgences, and as I said, today's um, way of uh, manipulating, if you like, mm-hmm. uh, is because you um, put to sleep, to say so, a little bit your conscience, you know. I mean, even for the sinners, will be how easy it was, you know. Okay, yeah, make some sins, and you can even pay money before uh, the, for the sins you may commit. Yeah. Or if uh, or if you are planning to do so, you can pay money before. I think that was a very big uh, uh, falling away. Yeah, yeah, from the truth. Yes, absolutely, and yeah, um, uh, it 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 it, uh, it very very true. And we'll come back to that one because I, we, we'll find that that's really significant as to what happened um, mm. there in the Middle Ages. Um, some of the other examples of falling away. The preeminence of the Bishop of Rome, who t- took the title Pontifex Maximus, that had been passed down um, through the centuries, even back from you know, Babylonian times. Uh, the worship of Mary, mm-hmm. uh, the veneration of saints. These, these are some others. Yes. Uh, the introduction of hell and purgatory. Um, also, um, infant baptism. Yes. Um, uh, and then even uh, we, we'll, um, the, the, the change in the day of worship. Um, mm. So these, these, and, and there are probably some others too, Nick. But th- these are a number of the unbiblical teachings that crept into the church over the years, and uh, that is what is referred to as the falling away, mm-hmm. falling away from um, the truth, falling away from what God, what what Jesus had set up with His first um, believers. Um, and um, and and the early early disciples, and uh, and that, that uh, now this didn't happen overnight. Yes, it it, it happened uh, gradually, uh, but it, it 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 began to happen and continue over a number of years, number of centuries, and that's what we refer to as the dark ages. Yes, uh, dark ages because of the the the, the mean you know, connotation of dark is that um, you know the Bible refers to uh, light, light yeah. as a symbol for truth and mm-hmm. for God, darkness as being error. Yeah, not, not having the truth. That's right. Available. That's right. Yeah. And it was the dark ages. The truth was, was clouded and it was the dark ages. And so the church that was formed was now deformed. Right. Um, now, there were godly men and women at, during that period, mm-hmm. Nick, who, 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 who looked at the state of the church and and those who 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 would look look at at, at Bibles who were able to um, will look at the church and look at the Bible and say this is not what Christ had had had, had in mind for yeah. his church. Yeah. This is not what the church is to be or to teach. And some of these people are. Let, let, let's let's look at some of these people, um, uh, so, uh, like the uh, prof- English professor John Wycliffe. 
Oxford University. Uh, in the 1300s, he translated the scriptures from Latin to English. Yeah, which uh, the, the scriptures were only read in Latin in the in the churches, and not everyone was uh, Wasn't speaking uh, exactly right. Not the language of the people, yeah, and yeah. and Wycliffe, uh, you know, translated made the lang- first translation into English. Um, he also opposed the church's accumulation of wealth and the sale of indulgences. Uh, he died at the age of 55, and interestingly enough, his body was exhumed and burned 50 years after his death. Right. Uh, because the, uh, the church at that time um, was not happy. Not with happy with him, and even, even uh, for him to rest in the... <laughs> no, rest, no resting in peace. In peace. <laughs> uh, oh. um, but, it, yeah, look, it, yeah... <laughs> It, it seems a bit humorous, but it actually wasn't at all, Nick. No. When we think of not only John Wycliffe, we think of others. Um, John Huss, or yeah. Jan Hus, to be, to be more accurate the pronunciation, a church priest from Bohemia and a professor at the University of Prague. He emphasized the authority of the scriptures, and he stood in opposition to the sale of indulgences mm. and the veneration of images. And for that, he was burned at the stake at the age of 43. Yeah. Yeah, young man. Um, William Tyndale published the translation of the New Testament. He was executed in Brussels at the age of forty-four. Mm. The church, the church was in such a deformed state that it needed reforming, and so God raised reformers such as these people: John Wycliffe, Jan Hus, William Tyndale, and. Most notably, a man by the name of Martin Luther. Wow, right. And, and while you mentioned that, um, uh, Joseph, who was he? Who was this man, Martin Luther? Because you refer a bit earlier that in October, you know, like some uh, over 500 uh, years ago, he did something. Who yes. is this man? Yeah. Martin Luther was a Catholic priest, Nick. And um, it's interesting. So he... he in, 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 yeah, it was, it was around the 1500s, early 1500s. Um, he, he was a he, he, um, student of scripture, and he um, he really wanted to, I guess, be really devout to God. And he there's an experience where he he was able to visit Rome, and uh, in Rome were a set of stairs known as Pilate's stairs, supposedly that were transported from uh, uh, from from Jerusalem. Over to, to Rome, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, it was felt that if you if you climb those stairs, you, you would you would you experience really experience some peace uh, in a peace. And Luther was seeking this, and he he climbed those stairs, and he, he knelt on each one as he climbed his way up, and, and prayed on each one, seek, seeking peace. When, uh, but it didn't fulfill him. But what happened is um, a passage of strip, scripture struck him, and it's the one from Romans chapter one. Uh, and, uh, and and verse verse seventeen, um, um, it was like um, and 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 uh, one account of this uh, this says that one Luther was one day devoutly climbing these steps when suddenly a voice like thunder seemed to say to him, "The just shall live by faith," mm. which comes from Romans chapter one, uh, verse seventeen, and. Um, he he sprang to his fight. Uh, uh, sorry, he sprang to his feet. Luther did, and he rushed from that place. Um, 
and you know really touched and moved because that that text had uh, had impacted him in such a way that um, you know it never before had he seen and recognized um, the fallacy of human works um, for salvation. Um, and what a, what a personal relationship with your God means. Exactly right. You know, yeah. because that verse says, you know, by, but the righteousness, you know, uh, this is calling for a relationship. You know, uh, how God is paying for us. That's uh, right. To, for our, uh, you know, to be called righteous. Because we cannot be righteous, but through the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes. And not through, um, uh, through those works. And uh, other means, you know. Yes, uh, that's right. That's right. Mm, yeah. Mm. And so that that re- that became a person, a real turning point in his in Luther's life. So and committed to the idea that salvation could be reached through faith and by divine grace only, Luther vigorously objected to, to the corrupt practice of selling indulgences. Uh, Luther then acted on this belief, and uh, he he then wrote. Um, uh, an article called "The Disputation on the Power and Efficacies Efficacy, sorry, of Indulgences." That's a long title, mm. Nick, but mm. it, it's better known as the Ninety Five Theses. Yep, a list of questions um, and points. Uh, now, it, it has it that it was on October thirty one, fifteen seventeen, that Luther. Uh, nailed these 95 theses to the door of the Wittenberg Castle Church there in Germany. Uh, now, he nailed those, Nick, because um, he wanted these to be discussed. He mm-hmm. wanted people to talk about this. And uh, what ended up happening, and, and I remember somewhere else uh, it being described that as he has he nailed it on the door, that the nailing of that reverberated and East was to continue to reverberate over the ages. All over Europe and right around the world. Right. For years to come. Mm. Um, these 95 theses would later become the foundation of the Protestant Reformation. Mm. Uh, they were written in remarkably humble and academic tone for that time. They were questioning rather than accusing. Uh, the overall thrust of the document was nonetheless quite provocative. Yes. Uh, the first two of these 95 Theses, uh, you know, the ninety-five mm. points that he, he he raised. The first two of these uh, contained his central idea: that is, that God intended believers to seek repentance, and that faith alone, and not works, not works, would lead to salvation. Mm-hmm. And essentially, the other ninety-three uh, directly really criticised the practice of indulgences and um, and reaffirmed uh, uh, those first two. Yeah. Absolutely, and and just just um, before before we are going to look at some of these uh, theses, uh, I'm just going to um, advertise again that DVD which we are sure. going to give out. It's called uh, Revelation: the the Bride, the Beast, and Babylon. And already uh, I've got some um, messages coming through, you know. And uh, thank you for those of you who are already asking for this DVD. Uh, I like to just. Thank you for listening to us, uh, Carlo, and you'll have the DVD coming to your door um, as soon as possible. Now, also what I would like to uh, advertise a bit later on, a great, great book called The Great Controversy. And if you want to hear more, I mean, like to find more of what we are talking here today, 
there are lots of passages in that book which uh, absolutely uh, the history yeah. the history of the church is um, is contained in in that wonderful book the great controversy De- definitely nick and and in fact um yeah people can read um in in the, the great controversy there about that that experience of luther um how he nailed those 95 theses um they they can read it even you know, prior about his experience on the steps there um in rome and how that turned his life around and and then what happened as a result of him um uh, pointing out these things and standing up against uh these these teachings of the church standing up against the um uh, the, the, the leaders of the church of that day, that the hierarchy, um, and the princes and even the pope at that time, um, uh, speaking out and standing boldly for the word of God. Yeah. Um, you, you, you can read all, read all about that, um, described here. And then the impact that that had on other men and women who, who spoke out for the truth. These, Protestant reformers that we're going to talk about yes, as the program goes on. Absolutely. And again, that number which you can send an SMS, continue to, to send SMSs to us. It's 0401 Those of you who like to also visit our website, faithfm.com.au or write an email to info at faithfm.com.au. But Joseph, what are some of these uh, theses? Can you share with us, please? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Um, so there's 95 of them, Nick. Um, I'm not going to read all 95. Yeah, you can, th- these can be looked up. You, you can um, easily uh, look these up online and, and find all 95 of them. Now they're written in, uh, they're, they're translated, and some of the language is reflecting of of the um, uh, the 16th century. But um, uh, for instance, the second one says, "Repentance cannot be understood to mean confession and satisfaction, which is administered by the priests." We would agree with that today, wouldn't mm. we, Nick? Yeah. 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 Uh, the fifth one states, the Pope does not intend to remit and cannot remit any penalties other than those which he has imposed either by his own authority or by that of the canons. Uh, statement number 21, thesis number 21. Those preachers of indulgences are in error who say that by the, that by the Pope's indulgences a man is freed from every penalty and saved. Uh, so, number 32 states they will be condemned eternally whether with their teachers who believe themselves sure of their salvation because they have letters of pardon another one here every truly repentant christian has a right to full remission of penalty and guilt even without letters of pardon uh, another one christians are to be taught that he who gives to the poor or lends to the needy does a better work than buying pardons mm-hmm. So, Nick, that's just a sampling of them. There are 95 of these. Um, But essentially, as we we read these out, we would find that when we we look at what Scripture teaches us, uh, that each one of these are exactly what Scripture teaches. Teaches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, Absolutely. Um, So these 95 theses uh, that Luther nailed on that day in October... 1517, just over 500 years ago now, um, were responsible for an incredible reaction back then and a a legacy right down to our day, Nick. Mm. Um, Luther continued to to write and speak and teach. Um, It led to the... um, 
what, what we now know as the Protestant Reformation. Yeah. Um, the church formed, had deformed with all these teachings. It needed to be reformed. And there were a number of these reformers who were caught calling the church out, pointing out things from Scripture. Luther was one of these in, in this line of reformers. And we have it, therefore, the name Protestant because they were protesting mm, mm. against the teachings of the church. Luther's central teachings were that the Bible is the central source of religious authority and that salvation is reached through faith and not works. Mm. And this is what shaped the core of Protestantism. A little bit further on on, um, the reaction to those 95 theses, um, Pope Leo X issued a a papal bull, which is essentially a a, a decree, a public decree, Mm -hmm. that concluded that Luther's propositions were heretical and he gave Luther 120 days to recant in Rome. Right. Luther refused to recant. Um, and uh, in fact, we have uh, his quite um, uh, well-documented statement when he was um, uh, when he was called to, to to recant against against that. Um, yeah. So, and, and what ended up happening is because he refused to recant on January three, fifteen twenty one, Pope Leo excommunicated Martin Luther from the from the Roman Catholic Church. Mm, mm. Um, on April 17, 1521, Luther appeared so when he, he was made to recant. Uh, he was given a hearing. Uh, in, in 1521, he appeared before the Diet of Moms in Germany. Refusing again to recant, Luther concluded his testimony with a defiant statement, Here I stand. God help me. I can do no other. Wow. And on May 25, the Holy Roman Emperor Charles V signed an edict against Luther, ordering his writings yeah. to be burned. Yeah, and it's interesting, uh, Joseph, because um, uh, as Luther was a devoted uh, Christian uh, in the Catholic Church, he didn't want to do anything out of the church. The no. reform, because you mentioned here the word reform, you know, the reform is not something to happen apart of the church of God, to say so, you know, the, you know, but from within. Yes. It wasn't a, to rebel or to. to exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and even when I looked at that DVD, which we, giving out, mm. um, talking about the, the bride refers to, you know, to God's people, uh, talking then about the beast. Who's the beast? You know, the enemy of God? Yes, yes. And you're talking about uh, Babylon. Yes. You're talking about uh, that confusion. Yes. And interesting, uh, that, yeah, put your hands on that DVD. Continue to send us SMSs and uh, we'll, um, we'll give you that one out. Yeah, that DVD is covering, you know, it's taking the, those um, passages from Revelation, Revelation chapter 12, which talks about the bride, which is the church of God. And in fact, Nick, in Revelation chapter 12, it describes the, um, the, basically the history of the Christian church. And then the Beast comes in Revelation chapter 13, and then Babylon's in there in chapter 17. So, yeah, yeah. great great DVD. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Joseph, just uh, before we are going to take a break uh, soon, but I just want to ask you this question first, and then we'll come to, um, to a break. Uh, why did Luther protest? And um, would we protest about this, the same things? Mm. Yeah, Luther protested um, because what he saw the church doing and teaching was clearly against scripture and so he he um he was compelled to speak out against it 
And uh, would we protest about these same things? Well, Nick, when we looked at when we look at Luther's ninety five theses, uh, I would say that we would um, we would see that all of those are things that we would want to stand up for, that we would want to speak on uh, uh, as well. Mm, absolutely, and there are um, uh, these things to to be considered. You know, in uh, in Protestantism, some pillars of uh, of the uh, Protestantism, uh, yeah. like uh, sola. Uh, Gracia. That's right. Um, in fact, um, you know, when we talk about Protestantism, and today we're specifically looking at uh, th- th- this question, Nick, um, was the Protestant protest a mistake? Mm. Mm. Was the Protestant protest a mistake? Um, Luther and um, other reformers um, who led this protest, if you like, um, th- their whole basis was based on on what we could count as five pillars. You've, you've mentioned the first one there, Nick. Yeah. Sola gratia, which means by grace alone. Oh, yes. And these are Latin terms from that era. So the second one is sola fide, which is by faith alone. Mm. The third one, sola scriptura, the Bible, Bible only. and Bible only. The next one, Solus Christus. Well, we can tell that one. That's mm. by Christ alone. And then the fifth one, Sola de Gloria, to the glory of God, mm. to the glory of God. These are the main pillars of Protestantism. Whenever any of these are questioned or denied, would we protest about these? Nick, I'm sure that we would. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely, Joseph. Let's take a short break quickly here and um, play a song uh, by Sandra Enterman, Faithful Man, and we'll be back. Please stay with us. This is Faith FM Drive Time.
When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nikrita and our co-host today is Joseph Maticic. And uh, Joseph, we're looking today um, at this question. Was the Protestant protest a mistake? Yeah, and look, Nick, what we have found is that um, the Protestant protest was against teachings that had crept in over years, over a number of years into the church, uh, teachings that are unbiblical, teachings that Jesus never taught, um, ideas and concepts and practices that um, really changed the church. Church that was formed had deformed over centuries and now needed to be to be reformed and called back to the the truth of God, um, the truth to the truth of His Word. Um, and uh, the, the the church at that time um, had had become so inst- institutionalized. And uh, it needed to be to be reformed, and um, and so we mentioned a number of people, um, such as Wycliffe and, mm. and Huss, and in particular Martin Luther, um, who who himself spoke out and um, and 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 launched what we now know as the Protestant Reformation, yeah. and um, uh, yeah, to protest against against those teachings. Now, uh, Nick. Um, in all due respect, uh, Roman Catholicism has not changed uh, its its core teachings. We, we need to stress, I want to stress though, that there are many, many sincere, well-meaning Catholics. We're not talking about these individuals. But the, the, the system, uh, the papal system, is still what it has been uh, centuries, uh, over the centuries. Uh, so was the Protestant protest a mistake? Well, it's interesting. In the last uh, last few years, there have been voices and comments from people that uh, the Christian Church really needs to unite. Uh, there is appeals made uh, that the denominations should do away with their differences. Uh, that even this uh, major divide between Protestantism and Catholicism, the divide is no more, is not mm, needed. Mm. I well remember a, um, a, um, a, a, you know, a priest, uh, a speaker, a preacher by the name of Tony Palmer a number of years ago, um, not that long ago, a few years ago, uh, making, making a statement uh, that he, he declared, um, he said the protest referring to these differences between Protestantism, Protestantism and, and the Mother Church. Yeah. Yeah. He mm-hmm. said the protest is over. He wow. felt that essentially we are, uh, it, it's all. It's time to, to come together. Yeah. And he but said, they wouldn't let go from their side. Well, that's the, the interesting thing. And so there, there, that is just one example of, of a number there of this 
these voices, uh, this urging, this encouraging, um, the, the, almost like a a, 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 um, a movement towards um, joining together, coming together. And I know in in, uh, in the next topics, in, in um, upcoming programs, yep. we're looking at this whole idea, aren't we, Nick, about the this uh, push for ecumenism, yes, uh, to to unite. Uh, the uniting of, of, of churches. Um, let me simply say this, as we've looked today at the topic of the Protestant protest. Countless men and women down through the centuries have given their lives to point out biblical truth. They literally gave their lives for what they believed. Mm. Did they die in vain? Not at all. Not at all. Uh, because God's word stands forever. And there will always be faithful people who want to uh, point uh, and stand f- stand for the truth no matter what. And there have been other reformers, others who have been protesting against other unbiblical teachings. Uh, I'd like to suggest that we are unapologetically part of the Protestant grouping of churches. And the points of difference declared by the reformers still stand today. In fact, Protestantism, Nick, continues. Yes. I want to leave this text with us. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, uh, verse 18, that says, The path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. Yes. Proverbs that- four eighteen. The path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter. In other words, we are to continue to study and our Understanding will continue to grow as long as we keep open uh, to seeking and understanding the truth, mm. to getting a fuller, fuller understanding of it. Um, do we recall uh, Paul's warning uh, back in Acts chapter twenty uh, when when he said he, he he said, "I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you, and will not spare the flock." Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Mm. He predicted that there would be uh, people who'd come from within. Uh, in, and then in Second Thessalonians, he talks about that there's going to be this falling away. And sadly, that's what's taken place uh, down through the centuries. But thank God for faithful men and women, courageous people who've stood up, who... Um, protested against uh, the hierarchy, uh, protested against the false teachings, uh, the unbiblical practices, Mm -hmm. uh, who spoke out against what was taking place uh, in in the church, in the organized system, and um, many whose, whose lives were cut short because the church at that day did not want them to to be promoting this, who felt threatened, who wanted them to silence them, yes, and who gave their lives. Um, and um, but what we found is that the um, that actually launched the new movement. The Protestantism was born, yep. and um, it it continues down through the ages as as new truths. Uh, well, they're not new; they're truths truths that have been lost were rediscovered. And uh, the truths from the Bible have have been shared. Yeah. So and we can thank God for this, the courage and the faith of these men and women. And God is looking um, again uh, for the same people. I mean, to, right. to stand up, 
for the truth. You know, when uh, just reminds me in Revelation, it says, come out of Babylon, my people. Mm. Or, uh, you know, in Isaiah, when uh, God asks, you know, who shall we send or who shall uh, we go for us? Go for, yeah, yes. we'll go for us. And um, uh, yeah, Isaiah responded, you know, here I am, Lord, send me. We need to stand for the truth. That's right. We need to uh, not bend, you know, er, and uh, bow down in uh, front of the men's uh, ideology and men's tradition, but to stand for the truth of the uh, Bible. Exactly right. And those people, as you just said, yep. uh, young men, and not only. I know I, um, you may remember Marie Duran. Yes. A, a lady who paid, uh, you know, she spent uh, a big number of years mm. locked uh, in a tower there just because of her attitude um, towards her fate. Yes. And there are men and women, to the, uh, women today will do the same thing. Praise God for that. That's right. So we, we, I guess, Nick, this, this is a reminder that, that the Protestant protest was not in vain. Yeah. Um, it, it, we, we, um, we today, um, uh, I guess, are, are blessed to have had their, th- what they stood up for and what they spoke out. And we, we, we stand on their shoulders and can continue that work uh, of preaching and sharing from from the word of God. Joseph, uh, would you like to pray for those people who are standing up for God? Yes. Please do so. Let's do that. Our dear God, we want to thank you uh, that you are a God who um, always seeks to have uh, faithful people um, discover your your truth, uh, to discover the the great precious Truths from from Scripture, um, the truths about salvation by grace through faith alone, um, based on the Bible only. And uh, we want to thank you for the courage of people in the past who've stood up, who spoke out, who who literally gave their lives uh, in order to uh, to have this truth pointed out. Mm. And Lord, I pray that you will be with us and for everyone that's listening, uh, that we may stand for the truth no matter what the cost. Um, help us to remember as we look back on the legacy that we have as a result of the Protestant reformers of the past. And we thank you for their legacy. And we thank you that today we may build on that. And I pray that each of us will earnestly continue to seek you and your truth is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining Nick Rita and Joseph Maticic on Drive Time BQ&A. Please join us tomorrow when we ask, do all paths lead to heaven? And don't hesitate to contact us to the numbers we give you and the email and website. Really looking forward to see you again. But until then, may God richly bless you. I will leave you with a song uh, right now. Help us, Lord.
Two.